Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thank you, Annette. And joining me today on the Inspirational Australians podcast is two very exciting guests, and I can't wait to introduce them. But before I do that, I just want to acknowledge the country where I'm recording from, which is Butterung Country, and pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. And one thing I always like to mention, because that is somewhat of a standard uh, acknowledgement of country, is the emerging part of that is so meaningful for us with the Young Achieve Rewards. And earlier this year, we've wrapped up seven amazing gala dinner award ceremonies in seven cities and getting to meet with people from elders right through to young leaders, young First Nations people, that emerging part is so resonating with us. And it's just beautiful to see what people are doing in the community and getting to share their stories. So we've just had NAIDOC week as well. And and seeing so many stories from around the country, it is a good reminder that NAIDOC week, whilst is obviously an amazing uh, reminder for, for many non-Aboriginal people, for First Nations people, it's it's their life, it's it's a very important thing. So wherever you can, please seek out stories of First Nations people and engage with their content uh, where you can. But to today, speaking of getting around the country, the three of us are coming from three different cities, uh, different places. Uh, maybe one of them is not a city, we'll find out in a minute. But I'm speaking with Kate Strong and Claire Harris, and they are from a group, well, they're, well, they're part of the group, it's called Hoedowns for Country Towns. And... Basically, Kate and Claire co-founded this, uh, and it's a 46,000-kilometre boot-scooting road trip around Australia that they did in 2022, teaching line dancing, putting events back on the calendar for rural communities, and raising money for seven rural charities. Across nine months, living out of a second-hand Land Cruiser Prado, the duo ran 75 hoedowns in halls, pubs, schools, outback stations, and everything in between. They danced with nearly 3,000 people from all walks of life, and raised $38,250. Both holding strong connections to the bush, Kate and Claire are proud to have contributed to the well-being and resilience of rural communities right across the country, following an incredibly tough few years in the regions due to COVID and natural disasters. Post-trip, Kate's now working as an Agritech Education Project Officer based at a central Queensland university in Rockhampton, while Claire is a freelance agricultural journalist and rural business communications assistant based out of Adelaide, So from Adelaide, Rockhampton, welcome Claire and Kate. Hello, Josh, and thank you for having us. I think both of us forgot what to do there. (laughs) That's right. I did speak for a while then. You were waiting so patiently for me, so apologies for the the long run up there. But, yeah, so Claire, you're joining us from Adelaide. Mm -hmm. Yep, nice and fresh. (laughs) Yeah, what's the weather currently in Adelaide? Oh, it's been trying to rain all day without actually raining at all. So that's just Adelaide winter and probably the same as Melbourne winter, Josh. <laughs> yeah, threatening at all times. You're just expecting it to rain, basically. Yeah. Now, Kate, you but, look like you're joining us from a tropical location. So Rockhampton's uh, not, not like that, I'm assuming. No, it's a sunny 25 here today um, and <laughs> just rubbing it in. I know. Um, yeah, and we have uh, – it rained a little bit last week. Uh was supposed to bring some cold weather, but it has not. So uh, we are just, uh, yeah, lapping up the sunshine here in the sunshine state. <laughs> Claire, you look very <laughs> jealous. So I've got to ask the obvious question first. You're obviously in two completely different states, and you've done this, you know, huge boot scooting road trip, as you called it, in 2022. So did you know each other from – you know, did you used to live – 
uh, in the same state and you've come together and then come apart or how did that you know journey <laughs> kind of happen with your friendship <laughs> yeah so we uh we're both Queenslanders originally so I grew up in uh, Brisbane and then uh Kate uh just near uh near between Warwick and Toowoomba a little place called Allara and uh we very authentically actually met at a line dancing class so uh that was in Toowoomba uh in the middle of 2018 and uh yeah we just both were there one day and got chatting to each other in a break and in one of those very first conversations one of us said and we really don't know who genuinely don't know but one of us said Oh, wouldn't it be fun to line dance around Australia one day? Because that's that's a pretty normal thing that you would say to someone on the day that you first meet them. So I guess that's when the the pipe dream uh, was born. And then um, yeah, in the it always stayed in the back of our minds. And then yeah, we thought in we really committed in about April 2021 to okay, it's been such a tough few years for everyone for so many reasons, uh, especially in the rural and yeah, rural regions uh, all around Australia. So if we've got this bizarre idea of how we can possibly, you know, make people's lives a little better or give them something to smile about or, you know, get them off, take their mind off things that they were, you know, thinking about even just for one day and being a one-stop shop in their town, then let's do it. So, yeah, that's how it really all started four years ago and uh, 2022, year of the line dancer. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it was sort of like in the whole sort of leading up to it, it was one of those things that just sort of kept coming up. Like we discussed it on that first night back in, you know, whatever it was in 2018 and I think it was May or whatever and, you know, it was something we discussed then. And then, yeah, I think the next time I spoke to Claire, I had just had my wisdom teeth out. It was like months later. <laughs> This is really relevant. But it was just one of those things that kept coming up. And then, like, I was off at uni, Claire was out working, and it just, um, yeah, like, I remember we ha were having one conversation because we used to often uh, video call in each other over and line dance in each other's living rooms from, you know, Adelaide and Armadale or wherever I was. And, um, yeah, it just was one of those things we'd often talk about it through those meetings. And there was one where I remember sitting down and going, okay, if we're going to do this, what are the timelines for it? Like, what? when would it work? Um, and for me at that time, I was still in uni. So I was like, I want to finish my degree and I want to have like at least 12 months sort of experience out in the industry before we commit. And then, uh, yeah, that all added up to be 2022. And then we had COVID and the rest and it all just seemed like the right time. You know, most people talk a big game and they plan all sorts of trips and all sorts of extravagant things. No one ever does it. So it's amazing that you've actually you know, had this big thing and it's, you know, it seems like it was started off as a bit of a throwaway line, if you will, and it's just stayed with you both and you've gone through your, your own, you know, journeys in life and then you've actually come back and, and done it. What was the first conversation where it was like really serious? Yeah, we're actually planning this. And was it, did it seem, yeah, like we are or was it like, oh, it probably won't happen? I think when we committed, we committed. Um it was, I, I don't know, we were video calling, probably line dancing, and then I don't, can't remember what actually was the catalyst for making it happen. Claire's got a better memory than me. She'll probably remember the fine details, but we, um, <laughs> maybe not. Um, so, but we sat down and we just opened a Word document. We were on uh, on a video call and we just opened a Word document uh, like on a Google share, Google Drive, so that we could, you know, both add. And it was just like, okay going through the who, what, when, where, why's and how's of it. So if we were to do it, who did we want to, like, who did we want to 
you know, interact with, what did we want to do, where did we want to go, how did we want to do it, um, when, timelines, like, and then um, so we have this, like, Word document from way back in the day with our little, you know, first photo we'd ever taken together, like, printed on the front and just a heap of random thoughts lumped into this document. Um, and then it was sort of a few months later we sort of were talking to different people about, okay, what advice did we need to get started as far as business partnership go? Like what was our bit, um, business structure going to be? All those things. And so we had advice in that sort of realm. And then um, Claire came up to, I was in Yapoon at the time, so pretty well just where I am at the moment. Uh, and Claire came up for a visit um, from Adelaide, uh, one time and uh, we went bought Yapoon out of out of Australia maps and went and marked them with uh, every place we wanted to see so any um, like places of interest that we wanted to see and then we also went and like just pulled up every state and went like okay what's on when what events align with what we want to do so country music events or rodeos or those sort of things like what aligned with where we were and when when were they scheduled um, what were their dates for the next year? And we marked them all on the calendar and then we basically got a pen and went, okay, tried to connect as many dots as we could that fit into our timeline. And that was sort of our it's, rough initial plan. Yeah, that's a pretty good rough plan. That's very well thought out. <laughs> trying to, you know, it did not, especially. It, it didn't stay that way very long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had really, we did a lot of comprehensive initial planning. Yeah. So with the Young Achiever Awards, with judging, so it give you a little insight to how you were selected as a winner, there's usually over 30 judges and it's a four to six week program um, of judging kind of process. And so trying to tee everyone up, you know, connect all the dots. You've got to be here this time, get your shortlist in by this time. It's pretty difficult. Is that one of the biggest challenges you face trying to, you know, tee up with all the different people from different um, festivals? There might be volunteers, that kind of thing, and actually sort out all the details? Yeah, I think... Um... It, when we first started, you know, this idea is something that obviously literally started with just, you know, just the two of us wouldn't it be fun to do. So when it first started, we thought this is an idea that we think is cool, but no one else really knows about it yet. So we need to kind of preach to towns of, hey, this is this is the thing we're doing. Would you like to be involved with us? So it was a lot of kind of cold calling and reaching out like that to start with. But we were hoping that once we got going and hopefully got a little bit of positive momentum behind us because we were doing, you know, a good thing and, you know, far reaching and just something a little bit different, we were hoping that people would then reach out to us saying, oh, can you please come to our town? Oh, we've got a rodeo on it this time. Can you come here? Oh, there's a country music something. Can you come here? Something like that. And uh, by the time we got to Darwin, which was about three months into the trip, we basically had enough towns having reached out from uh, the rest of Australia saying, hey, can you, can you come here? So it was... Uh, our process was always if someone reached out would be like yep great we'll let you know about six to eight weeks in advance um you know sort out some actual logistics of you know what, what that is going to involve and uh it was tricky if you know if you're traveling you're running these events but at the same time you're constantly having to plan ahead there was it was always so so busy and while a lot of people say oh wasn't it just a fun holiday? Well, in ways it was a holiday, but it was also so much constant work on the road, having to literally keep the show on the road and, uh, yeah, just keep running those events and planning forward as well. Yeah, and I think, sorry, just to add a bit more there, Claire, like I think our plans sort of changed a bit once we hit the road. Like initially with that big map, we were like, yeah, let's just focus mainly on going to 
already established events and we'll just run a few of our own little hoedowns every now and then. Um, but as we were on the road, it really shifted from, okay, we'll do the occasional event um, as we reach out to them and they say they're interested, but we're actually going to focus um, most of what we do on the events that we run ourselves. Yeah, well, 75 is a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, to get, I was trying to do the math on how many that is per week. It's a lot. But um, what do you reckon was the biggest one you did and which was the smallest one? Oh. <laughs> our it biggest was quite one interesting. Was, you go. You go. They'll they'll be in our upcoming backroads episode. Actually, um, our biggest one was 104 people in Tassie, and they're at uh, Westbury. Do I have that right? I don't mm-hmm. know. There's yeah. a lot going on in my mind at the moment. Um, but yeah, so we had 104 people at Westbury uh, in Tassie. So we had um, that one was a bit interesting to organise. We'd sort of been. At, up to that point, we'd been expecting our average to be about 30 to 40 people. Yeah. So we'd like contacted the town that said they were interested and we were like, oh, you know, catering for the night and that sort of thing. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're a line dancing group. We love catering. It's all right. We've got you covered. Um, we can do cooking for that. I'm like, okay, cool. Like older ladies, all very willing to, you know, cater for the event. Yep, cool. Uh, about like two weeks out. We're like, oh, we've heard from about 30 to 40 people. We should be on track. And they're like, no, we've got 50 booked. We're like, Ooh. oh, okay. Are you still right? Like, we don't want to. They're like, yeah, no, it's fine. And then like a week at, week later, we're like, oh, you know, how are we going for numbers? They're like, yep, we've got 70 confirmed. Oh, okay. And then like two, a couple of days out, we were like, they were up to 90. And we were like, are you sure you're still right, Kate? And they're like, yeah, no, we've got this covered. As people were coming in the door, like we had 104 people come in the door and we got to like 92 or something and the line dancing ladies were just going mayhem. They were like, we don't have enough food. How are we going to feed everyone? Like people are just piling up their plates. We don't know what we're going to do. Like they went and like rummaged through the the freezer of the pub to go and find anything they could. They had like oil, like fryers on to go and like get some extra dim sims all these sort of things like it was madness anyway, they would have mayhem in there for sure they successfully fed 104 people on 18 casseroles um because <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't enough so that was our biggest event uh and then our smallest one was like a week later in rosebury in tassie uh where we had one person rock up um the mm. Event was supposed to start at six o'clock and uh, we were, we had the crew with us, like the backroads crew with us and everything like that. We were like, okay, this is looking like, like a bit of a no show, which is our first no show of the trip. Sort of what do we do? And then um, we were like, okay, if no one's here by 6.30, we're just going to pack up and go home and it'll all be fine. 6.28, we had Amelia roll on in. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we had, we just taught like the one dance and then went back across to the pub and she told proceeded to tell all of her friends about uh, all of the stuff that she'd won uh being the only <laughs> attendant uh she was the lucky recipient of the lucky door prize um so <laughs> I mean, she'd be unlucky to, to not win that wouldn't she <laughs> yeah yeah so uh we um those, those would yeah we're our biggest and smallest crowds but yeah we really got to dance with some incredible people right across the country yeah well amelia was lucky because she got a one-on-one a one-on-two private tutoring basically Exactly. She's now the best line dancer in Tasmania, surely. <laughs> we would hope so. <laughs> That's incredible. And how amazing is it the uh, the Backroads crew were there in the space of a week, the biggest one down to the smallest one, 
Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of back roads, maybe Claire, you can tell us a bit more about this. If people aren't familiar with the show, uh, tell us a bit about it. Did you have to change what you were doing to accommodate a film crew? Yeah, so ABC Backroads uh, is basically a show just to highlight the amazing rural places we have all around the country. They're half an hour episodes on Monday nights and generally they'll, yeah, go to an area, really highlight and showcase everything that happens there in terms of the, the places itself, you know, the natural beauty as well as the people and the locals there. So it's been going. Uh, this They've just started season nine and, uh, yeah, it's a program that, you know, we both think it's, it's a great thing that it exists and we just got an email out of the blue saying, oh, I'm, I'm so-and-so, I'm a producer from Backroads where we're pretty interested in um, in your trip. Would you would you be keen to work together for a Backroads episode? And it was, just, it was one of those I can't quite believe it uh, moments. And so, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, organising in terms of, you know, what they, what they did need from us. They couldn't... Um, we had to use their like sample soundtrack music rather than uh, the Nutbush and all of those other songs that we danced to. But they were all really, really minor hurdles. And, uh, you know, if you're filming, you're going to want some, you know, really great visuals to film. And if you've got a whole dance floor of people all dancing and laughing, then that's a pretty easy visual. So I think our story, we were lucky in the way that our story really lent itself to to visuals and, and filming like that. And then, uh, yeah, we just they came to Tassie just because that was good with uh, their timeline and worked with us as well and uh yeah a lovely crew of four uh yeah as Kate said uh followed us around for five or six days and just coincidentally came to some of our biggest events and smallest events because you know we had 75 events all up and a lot of them were that average you know 30 to 40 people but they managed to come to events that had 100 people and then one person so I think the episode uh which is on 21st of August uh we're pretty excited to see the journey that is really shown it shows the highs and lows of the trip definitely in terms of attendance so it should be good and especially because the trip's been you know it was a little while ago now I think it'll be really interesting for both of us to watch it as well after a bit of time has passed and seeing you know what things all look like you know from from the other side of the of the screen so it will uh yeah looking forward to it and we hope and know that they will have done a great job of putting putting it all together. Although I don't think either of us are going to watch TV the same again after having uh, having a film crew follow us around. We're like, there's so many angles, there's so much time, how do they cut this all down? Yeah. So were there any pieces, you know, you see in um, TV shows sometimes, like they're asking you a question and then the producers throw like the same question at you five different times in different ways and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, that happens. Yeah, but I think it's. It, it, it's part of it, you know, you just can't do TV without it. They're not, you know, they're asking the same thing five times just because they're bored. It's just all all part of it. So I think you definitely, uh, patience must be a virtue if you're part of a film crew, but we, yeah, we really got to know and really enjoy the company of those, yeah, of that four, uh, those four people in the film crew. So, yeah, it should be a good episode in our very biased opinion. <laughs> Best episode Not that we yet. have any idea what it covers. <laughs> yeah, that would be, be so cool to look back as you said, to to relive it, but also you'll probably be thinking like, oh, what were we doing at that time? Why, you know, what happened there? And but that'll be uh, it'll be surreal. It'll be, it'll be amazing. So I wanted to ask you as well, you know, with your different different um, professions and and things like that, did any of that come in handy? Like Claire, imagining as a journalist, you know, just uh, being across that kind of field would have really uh, been a, a key, you know, asset for you. 
Yeah, I love people. Kate will attest to the fact that I basically never stop talking. Uh, I am an ag journal and while I'm very passionate about agriculture, I think above that it's the, the actual people in the agricultural industry, which, uh, uh, yeah, that's what really makes me tick. So, yeah, we both thought going into the trip that um, the people that we would get to meet would definitely be a highlight. And, yeah, I've always got my ears pricked for a, for a story and I did a little bit of freelancing last year and it's actually coming in handy this year as well continuing with ag, uh, yeah freelance journalism you know there's lots of contacts that I met last year I was like oh they could be handy I could chase them up about that so yeah it wasn't at the forefront of my mind as to oh, can this person be a story can this person be a story but it was more just gee I'm really going to love getting to meet some amazing people all over the country for sure and Kate with yourself being in education and, and kind of agri-tech was that useful as well um, well, I've had a little bit of a sort of career shift since the trip um, in some ways. So prior to the trip, I was an ag consultant and um, down at, uh, for another company down in Yapoon. And um, yeah, again, it was like very much talking to the people while I'm not as comfortable on the phone and cold calling people as Claire is. Uh, I definitely enjoyed, you know, getting to <laughs> talk to people along the trip as they came along to our events. And uh, I sort of in my previous role had been, done a lot of sort of financial benchmarking and business analysis sort of stuff um, for different businesses. So I very much took on the uh, the finance and uh, numbers side of things while Claire was all things uh, words and uh, calls I was and comms. I was all things sort of numbers and um, the behind the scenes sort of side of things of the business. So What a uh, team because you can't have someone who's not into the numbers handling the numbers. It doesn't work well. Yeah. Yeah. So we were very, we're pretty lucky, I'd say. And both of us acknowledge the fact that we have a complementary set of skills and that really came into play. And yeah, it was a great asset for the trip. Now I've got so many questions and we're going to run out of time. So I'll throw a few kind of rapid fire ones at you, if you will. <laughs> you know, I know you've talked about your biggest event was a hundred plus people. Did you have one that stood out as your favorite? Oh, for sure. I think We'd both agree that it was probably our Barossa Valley event. Um, our big event for South Australia was called Scooting in the Cellars. And uh, we had a beautiful winery there in South Australia uh, donate their venue. Um, oh, wow. Which to one our was event, it? Pindari Wines. Okay, shout out to um, Pindari Wines. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, we had a sold-out event, 85 people in this space. Everyone got up and danced. There was wine flowing pizzas um everyone had a great time and the whole atmosphere of that night was just absolutely incredible um so yeah that would probably be a standout for both of us as our sort of favorite event but they were all absolutely fantastic i think you know every event was still different and uh and just as good as the other one but some just had a special energy about them nice one and uh what about for the next road trip You've, you've probably talked about it lots. Is there something else down the trip or is there, you know, small little events that you're doing when you can get back together, given you're, you know, you're both uh, in different states? Yeah, I think uh, living on the road for 273 days out of a car, I think we both only want to do that once. So we are <laughs> very happy, um, you know, with how it all went. But it's it's a long time and it was a, a lot of instability as well. You know, we joked about the fact that the whole year we were just focused on that 
bottom level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, our, the thought, the thoughts in the front of our minds were, okay, well, where where's our next grocery shop? Where where can we get food? Where are we going to camp? And all of those sorts of things, just that real primary level. So it it was good, and it was certainly you know exciting in a way of having the the home on wheels. But we were very much ready to you know for a bit of stability after the trip. So in terms of hoedowns, it was mainly a one year venture being in 2022 but there are we've got a few plans to just have a few pop-up things here and there we've been lucky enough to be asked to dance and speak at a few events um this year so uh we went to the Rabobank conference in sydney in uh march this year and i think we danced in total with 3,000 dancers last year and the Rabobank conference added another 1600 on top of that oh. so it really threw <laughs> our stats out uh so that was great and then we're uh, going to the something Q uh, conference in uh, Queensland in August. So there's a few things where we, we feel really quite honoured and lucky to have been asked uh, to go to to them. Um, but we will, yeah, we endeavour to just run a few a few things here and there. And we both, you know, are going to keep line dancing in our respective locations. So uh, yeah, that's probably the long story. Short story is mainly one year venture, but there'll be bits and bobs here and there. It's never going to die completely and uh, we are in the process of writing a book about the trip as well so that's uh bringing all the memories back up which is uh quite funny at times quite oh how did we do that at times and a uh, bit of everything so yeah it, it'll keep going for a little while just on a much more pulled back version than last year yeah is the book a claire harris uh venture or you know you're collaborating on that how's it working no it's a it's a joint venture i Claire is probably going to take the lead on it, being all things comms and words, but going through sort of my my diary and uh, sending Claire lots of screenshots of different messages and sort of writing up my thoughts as well, and then that'll be all sort of smushed together with Claire's stuff at the moment. I think I'm about a third of the way through last year's diary, and I'm already at 11,000 words, Claire. Oh, great. So I get to read <laughs> your book before writing our book. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a third of the way, so you're going to have like 50,000 words to read first. Aren't I lucky? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds epic. Well, another event that you danced at, a pretty good one if you ask me, was the Seven News Young Achiever Awards Gala Dinner in Brisbane. And uh, I remember when the uh, awards coordinator for Queensland, Emily, uh, in my team, came to me and said, oh, I've got this... um, thought I can't said you'd approach I think she said she'd been approached by you maybe I can't remember you'll you'll uh, clear it up by saying oh yeah so for entertainment why don't we have some line dancing I'm like what do you mean <laughs> and she was filling me in and telling me about you both Claire and Kate and it was a very easy sell straight away because it's like that sounds really fun actually so it was more just the initial concepts because like okay <laughs> sounds weird but it, so how did that go did you uh did you pitch to M or did she pitch to you I can't remember it was kind of just because line dancing was at the forefront of our mind because of what we do. And when we realised we were lucky enough to be finalists and therefore would be there on the night, it just kind of happened in conversation. I was on the phone to Emily and said, oh, by the way, if you, you know, if you need entertainment, Kate and I are always up for a dance. You know, we can do a demo. We can teach people however you like it. We're going to be there and we're happy to dance. So it was just a very informal offer uh, at the start, really. And uh, we, we're really stoked that you, uh, yeah, took a chance on us and, um, yeah, included us in the event program. So like everything that we learned last year, it can be something for anyone and everyone. And we did a demo first and then we 
when we called volunteers up, I think we probably had 20 or 30 people um, joining in and uh, everyone was just having a great time. You really, you don't need any experience to line dance and you can line dance to any type of music as well. So it was really, yeah, we absolutely loved that night and uh yeah we felt very very lucky to be able to yeah get a bit of boot scooting happening uh, as part of the program well was it was it boot scooting or high heel scooting or what was it because <laughs> you're you're dressed very lovely both of you <laughs> <laughs> well uh line dancing is uh, is rather versatile we've uh, we've come to find josh so um yes we were dancing in heels uh usually that is not uh what we were dancing uh, we tell people to dance in whatever they're most comfortable in. Um, but, yes, if heels are your go-to, then uh, go for it. Yeah, there's some great footage from the event. with, uh, And it does look like the stage is full of people just uh, dancing. Yeah, it's great. And everyone's having a, a brilliant time. So, yeah, I wish I was there. I wasn't able to make the uh, the Brisbane event. So, kicking myself. <laughs> That's all right. There's always time to line dance, Josh, wherever you are at any point in time. If the if the urge comes on, give it a go. <laughs> true, true. Now, you said very humbly that you were finalists. And, of course, at that time in that conversation with Emily, you were announced as finalists. But you ended up winning the Spirit Super Connecting Communities Award. And so, you know, I should have said at the top, but congratulations to you both for winning that award. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, it was a pretty... Um, it was really cool. As I said, I was watching some of the footage just before um, before we jumped on, and uh, straight away when you accepted uh, the award, you said, "You know, something along it, if that song hasn't got you in the mood for dancing, then uh, we'll take care of that later. We're getting back on stage to dance." So <laughs> you can just see your passion for it is so evident; it just like shines through. And I can imagine that it would be easy when you are doing those events for people to join in because when someone else is passionate, it's so. Uh, infectious and it, it helps other people feel at ease. Um, do you, did you have any trouble with people, at, you know, having to win them over or was it fairly easy for you? Um, well, for us, like the three main objectives of the trip were um, to share the love of line dancing, um, raise money for charities and bring communities back together. So while Claire and I both absolutely love dancing and are super passionate about it and like that's sort of the conduit we used for our events and getting people you know, bringing those communities together and that sort of thing. Um, if people showed up and all they wanted to do was stand on the sidelines with a beer and talk to their neighbour, that was like sort of more than enough. Like we couldn't couldn't be uh, happy with that, I guess, too, because, you know, at the end of the day, they've, they've given themselves permission to come and have a night off and actually, you know, involve themselves in some sort of community event, which was sort of what we wanted to try and do. You know, it's been you know, tough couple of years and we really wanted to focus on that community building uh, side of things. So that was a big, big part of it. But, yeah, at none of our events did we force people onto the dance floor. We highly encouraged people to get on the dance floor and give it a go. But, um, yeah, we didn't have any dramas and a lot of the time uh, people would sit off to the side and have a bit of a watch or, you know, we started with the nut bush in order, at a lot of our events to in order to sort of get people on because that's something that most people know. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the time too we'd be dancing and people would be like, oh, that actually looks really, really fun. Maybe I'll get up and have a go. And then they'd get up and, you know, bump into their neighbour and, you know, it'll all, they'll all get up there and have a bit of fun and then go, oh, it's actually, you know, it's not a scary place to be. And uh, the best, nobody wants to be first on the dance floor, but at the mm. very best, they were going to be third uh, because Claire and I don't want to be there. So. That's true. I love that. 
Did you have any great testimonials, whether it was uh, immediately after the event or, or down the track? I like how you mentioned that those kind of three, I don't know if you said pillars, but those three reasons why you did it, you know, some of those feedback that really made you feel, yeah, we, we've nailed that. Yeah, definitely, Josh. And I actually have a page in the back of my diary that's uh, titled Warm Warm and Fuzzies, basically about all those sorts of things of moments where we'd get a bit of feedback or something would happen and we would both think, wow, that, that's the whole reason we're doing this trip. So uh, just to think of an example, we ran an event in uh, Lake Centrance in Victoria and uh, a lady came along uh, who I think she'd been kind of toing and froing about whether or not she wanted to join a local line dancing group. She hadn't uh, had much line dancing experience before, but because we really advertised our events and all our events of, you know, you don't need any experience, it really doesn't matter, just come along, no matter what happens, as long as you have a good time, we're happy uh, with that. So it was a very low-pressure situation uh, and she came along and had a great time and then sent us a message a little while later saying uh, that she had, had now joined a local uh, a local group and uh, she was going every week and loving it. So there were things like that. We also heard from a few people who had actually started line dancing groups in their towns after we had left. Um, wow, that's you know, awesome. We were just a one-stop shop everywhere. So, and again, just, you know, if, if there's one line dancing uh, group going in a town that didn't already have line dancing, then that's one extra opportunity that the community has to come together. Yeah. Basically, because of something that we we started and just got the ball rolling. So there's really nice things like that. Um, but line dancing aside, uh, we had someone come to our, you know, event and she loved line dancing to the point that she um, she was about to get married and she got a second uh, wedding dress for her reception so that she could dance at the reception. So just fun <laughs> things like that. And, that uh, cool. you know, people who, people who are new to town who, you know, were swapping numbers with people at the end of events, you know, because they didn't know anyone yet. It just gave people a reason to come together, uh, as, as Kate said. And so, yeah, so many warm and fuzzy uh, moments and, you know, just those constant reminders of, wow, the trip, it really was worth it because of that positive effect. Yeah. No, that's so cool. Um, Kate, did you have anything to add? I couldn't tell if you were trying to jump in there. <laughs> no, I think Claire's pretty well covered it. Like, yeah, I think we could talk, do a whole podcast ourselves on on just, uh, just the warm and fuzzy feelings of the trip. At least one from every event. Well, uh, as I mentioned, oh, there's the page. That's awesome. That's <laughs> there's a lot happening. <laughs> yeah. No, that's such a good idea, though, because sometimes you do have that little slump and you just need a little pick-me-up, and, yeah, that's really nice. Well, as I mentioned, you won the Spirit Super Connecting Communities Award, and that's exactly what you were doing, connecting communities and connecting people. Uh, And this episode of the podcast is actually sponsored by Spirit Super today. And they've sent through a question that they wanted to ask you both. So Spirit Super are really proud to be supporting young people. So they actually wanted to know if you think your age, you know, being young yourself, helped or hindered you when it came to connecting communities and, and making these changes. Go spirit super. We are we have not been asked that question of the whole of uh, the whole of last year. So points for originality. I think one thing that was helpful when people think line dancing, they will automatically think you have to be seventy five plus. You have to have knitting as your number one hobby. You know all of that. You know you have to be an old old lady to enjoy it. So I think the fact that we're both in our mid twenties in a way helped what we were trying to do of showing that 
No, you don't actually have to have to be, you know, those things. It's great if you are and you're doing line dancing, but you can be anything. So in that in that way, I think uh, youth helped. And, yeah, we just had the, the get up and go to do it, which I guess you can technically have at any age, but being in our mid-20s, you know, we've got <laughs> we don't have families yet. You know, we've got jobs that we knew there would be jobs to come back to. We were pro- probably more able to be free and just, you know, quit jobs that we did love and just and hit the road. So we were lucky in the way that we could do it now and it was kind of the the fact of if we don't do it in our mid-20s, uh, we never will. So Kate's probably got things to add. That's what I would say. So overall, I would say, yes, it helped us with the trip. And, it, it, yeah, youth being on our side was helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'd agree. Uh, I cut, must have dropped out for a little bit there because you both went a little bit glitchy on me. But uh, I would agree. Um... Well, now we can see what you would say, how you would answer the question <laughs> and see if it uh, matches what Claire said. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I would agree. Like, I think youth definitely helped give us that get up and go and um, a lot leading into the trip a lot of what we said was you know if we're not going to do it in our mid-20s then you know when would we because you know as Claire mentioned we we don't have you know we're relatively unattached as far as families and that sort of thing so we had the opportunity to live out of car and that sort of thing quite easily and another thing not 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 necessarily our age but I think we've both from experience got our heads sort of screwed on and uh, were able to reach out to people that to give us advice along the way and that sort of thing and that really helped uh, as well I think you know you can't just go- jump into these sort of things willy-nilly and we definitely sought uh, advice in that along the way and there were so many people that helped us along the way that were able you know that really celebrated us being you know young and wanting to give something a go and going yeah no I'm going to support you because you're all of the things that I think you know we need or whatever else so um, I think you know youth definitely helped us there too in people wanting to really help us along and give us give us advice and those sort of things because they were like yep you're two young girls wanting wanting to do something good I want to you know support this any way that I can did they line up it was good because they were a similar vein, but uh, in different ways, approached it from different ways. So it was good. <laughs> it worked out perfectly. Maybe we should have done some kind of uh, you turn, you know, your speakers off, just ask the same question. Unplug twice. your headphones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I did want to ask you a few more questions, if that's okay, if I can still yeah, a little bit longer. Absolutely. Time. So, yeah, you know, with the Young Achieve Rewards, we run them each and every year. And so I'm really keen to get your thoughts and um, of how the experience was. Uh, and whether you'd recommend, you know, other young people, whether it's in agriculture specifically or in any field, to be part of it and, and to enter in a nomination. Yeah, I think, you know, when Kate and I had the idea to do the trip, it, and I'm assuming this is the same for every single other finalist, you don't do these kinds of things for, oh, if we do this, we might win some great awards. So that was never, you know, a driving motivator behind, uh, behind doing these things. Uh, but at the same time, you're going to meet lots of amazing people if you, you know, if you are part of that, you know, that calibre of people who 
go go for these awards. And I think I think for me that was definitely what I enjoyed most just on that night, you know, hearing what so many amazing other people are doing and, you know, following their passions to essentially all try to try to make the world a better place. So uh, we're really, really grateful to uh, Awards Australia for organising organizing the awards and uh, Spirit Super, obviously, for our award and all the other sponsors. And uh, it's just it's, it's a really great thing to be uh, involved in. You never know what opportunities are going to to come from it, the people that you're going to meet. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, couldn't recommend highly enough being uh, involved. And, uh, yeah, just thanks. Thanks very much to Josh and Matt and the whole team for, uh, yeah, putting it on, letting us be a part of it. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I Yeah, I don't think there's much more that I can add. <laughs> well um, <done. laughs> So something I do oh, want you both. Words and comps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's nailing Ask her a title. maths question, Josh. Get, get, <laughs> give her a maths question. <laughs> Ask her yeah. Excel spreadsheet shortcuts. She loves that. <laughs> oh, now you're getting me really interested. So um, what is your favourite Excel? <laughs> we could have our own podcast about Excel spreadsheets. But... <laughs> no, but back to the real questions. Uh, I want to ask you both. So, hey, I'll kick off with you. I find you to be both very inspirational. But what is it that inspires you? Oh, what inspires me? I'm probably going to go around this question a little bit. I, the Probably the things that make me sort of want to get up in the morning and sort of make me tick, I would say, are cows, agriculture, kids and dancing. So for me, I love the agricultural industry, grew up in the ag industry, all that sort of thing, and I think there's some really amazing people in there that are trying to do some really awesome things. Uh, I think agriculture also gets a bit of a bad rap from time to time, and I've sort of got this, like, little deep-seated idea, and I know that me on my own cannot do this, but to make agriculture the best industry that it can be because I think, you know, we'd be pretty hungry and pretty cold without it, seeing as it is the production of all of our food and fibre. So I think... I really love that and being able to work in a space where I can work with great people right across the industry uh, at all different levels from, you know, school leaders that are just starting to come into their ag- into agriculture and just sort of learning about, you know, what's a tractor and all of those sort of things right up to, you know, people that have been working in it in the industry their whole life and have so much drive and passion for making the industry the best that it can be. So I think that's definitely one thing. And then I love, and this was sort of, you know, really tapped into along the trip as well, where we worked with a few different schools and that sort of thing. Love kids and love getting to see how they uh, view and process the world. I think, you know, that young innocence of, you know, everything is exciting and new. I think a lot of us could take a lot from, that sort of mindset into our everyday lives and actually, you know, instead of being Debbie Downers that, you know, we can be at different times actually going, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, have sunshine outside and have such a beautiful day around us and things like that. Um, So, yeah, probably just the little things and definitely, yeah, agriculture. (laughs) Yeah, no, so true about I don't know whether that answers your question. (laughs) That was great. It was very good. So true about kids and that curiosity that they have. And uh, the way they see the world is something we should all keep striving to do. But the one thing I did want to quickly pick up on is if the school leavers are still on what's a tractor, it's a bit of a worry potentially. But Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, In my current role, um, 
I spent a lot of time going out to schools and actually teaching them, uh, teaching kids about some of the technologies and careers that are in agriculture and the number of kids we sort of run into that, you know, didn't realise that sausage, sausages are, you know, beef or eggs come from chicken or like chicken and chicken, like the meat you eat in your, you know, sandwich, whatever, is the same as the chicken bird that you, you know, go and get your eggs from. There's, you know, and, you know, there's 30% of kids in America believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows and there's all of these mind-blowing statistics that you probably wouldn't even believe um, that are actually true of, you know, the younger people's perspective of where their food comes from. So, yeah, yeah, school leavers, there's some that are like, what's a tractor? Going through that recently with my six-year-old and four-year-old and that conversation of, Dad, is the fish for dinner, the fish in the ocean? And we're like, yes. Is that okay? And they're like thinking about it as a long pause. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it is a, it's a funny one with, uh, with little kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Claire, same question to you. What is it that inspires you? I think I've had a lot of time to think about it now listening to Kate, so that's uh, that's great. I think... I, being a journalist, what I always have felt really lucky about is being able to meet people doing incredible things and being able to tell their story. So I was a journalist for Stock Journals, so South Australia's rural weekly newspaper for the three years before the trip. And uh, every, the things that I really loved were meeting those people who had an idea back themselves and went for it. You know, whether that is in the face of adversity or not, I think I think both are really, really impressive. You could you could argue that you, you know, if you go through adversity, it's even more impressive. But even if you don't, if you just have that idea and you still go for it, like there's going to be hurdles no matter what the the backstory or the background uh there is. So um I really enjoy that and I think that is what inspires me, meeting those people who are doing uh incredible things and uh you know who have backed themselves and uh have gone for it uh is what yeah what always uh inspires me and it was quite interesting last year of being on the other side of the media of people asking us all about our uh our adventure and uh and that sort of thing um but yeah, on the whole, I would say when you get to meet people who are just going for it, and uh, you know, regardless of what roadblocks they do face, and they're still you know pretty determined to make those dreams a rea- reality. Uh, yeah, that's really what inspires me. I love those little lessons, those little everyday like nuggets you get from people who are from all different walks of life because they're all bringing a different perception and different ways of tackling their problems and and how they rise to the challenge. And I always, yeah, I agree with you so much, Claire, uh, that I do find a lot of inspiration in that myself as well. Yeah, thanks, yeah, I'm just going to let it catch up for a second because it's slowing, had a little freeze for a moment there. You know, before we finish up, I just want to ask how people can connect with you, whether it's, uh, you know, individually or with hoedowns for country towns in case they want to book you for line dancing at their conference like Rabobank did or uh, or something else? Go for it, Claire. Comms. <laughs> yeah, comms. Uh, so for all Excel spreadsheet inquiries, contact Kate. Uh, for anything else, our website is uh, www.hoedownsforcountrytowns.com. 
There's uh, all our contact info is on there as well as just general information about High Downs for Country Towns and uh, our Year of the Lion Dance last year. So, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the best place to start and we're always happy to hear from anyone who's interested in what we do. Perfect. And everyone, don't forget that the ABC Backroads episode will be airing on Monday, August 21 at 8 p.m. So make sure you catch that and uh, see how everything played out. I'm really looking forward to that episode, Kate and Claire. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for giving up your time to join us today. Thank you very much for having us, Josh. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you liked it or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum. And our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com, for more details. Until next week, stay safe and remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.